if you truly, truly know that whatever we are going through, as the word came to us last week, that is ending up and leading up to a feast, let me hear you say louder, Amen. And so this morning, we start off from where we started last week. As a matter of fact, my work this morning is very, very simple. I'm just taking off from where we started last week. And as I was on the road on Wednesday listening to the senior pastor, I was wondering whether I was the one that stole his notes or his one that stole into my notes. But whichever way, there was a stealing of the notes helped by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the Holy Spirit in itself was impressing the same thing. And I said, am I going to say the same thing? And I was wondering, nothing else came. So it was obvious we are saying the same thing by the help of the Holy Spirit. Give Jesus some praise in the house this morning. And I want to be particularly thankful to the multimedia. The sound of the online was so crisply clear that it was as if I was in church. Amen. So I was driving and at some points I had to stop by somewhere. So he afforded me the opportunity to sit down, bring out my notes and start writing. So it was as good as I was in church. So don't miss it if for any reason the enemy holds you in a traffic or meeting or anywhere. Just try. And it doesn't cost anything. I understand the data is very, very low. And this time I clicked the link. It took me to a new link. I think the website, the experiential was so beautiful. You don't need to miss it for anything. For Wednesdays, if you can't make it for Sundays, for any reason, just follow the church WhatsApp group. They will take you where you will listen. And the same blessing will come upon you in the name of Jesus. Is that all the amen you have? Now this morning, I'm not going to do all the talking. I'll make you shout amen to correspond to all the things I have said together. Praise the Lord. Alright, so this morning, the word of the Lord came to us last week that it's leading up to a feast. Now this didn't bother me because I know for all that God is doing, as the word of the Lord says, it's working out for good to them that believes, right? So it's leading up to a feast wasn't a new thing. It wasn't the word that I held on to. But the one that really disturbed me was the word that came. That behold, I stand at the door knocking. You don't know who is knocking. How did it get to the point that I locked up the Lord Jesus outside the door? It's leading up to a feast, I know. But how did it get to the point that I had to lock him outside the door? How desperate was I? How desirous was I that I did not know that I know he's bringing up something. I get discouraged along the line and that's why I come to church so that the word of the Lord may be renewed. But how did it get to the point that me, myself and I, including you seated down here, we locked up the Lord Jesus and he's so patient. He said, I am knocking at the door. If anyone would do what, we'll open. And as we heard last Sunday, sometimes you open the door, but the person comes in, but the door inside is still shut. You are not listening, he's still speaking. How did we get to that point that we we locked the Lord Jesus, our Savior? You know him, Abby, the man with the beard, the Lord that died on the cross. And we locked him outside. And so this morning we're going to continue. And if you're not in church on Wednesday, this is an opportunity for you to catch up. And we're going to look at it from a different direction and the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. If you have your Bible, please open as we take the word, as you read the word together while standing. Habakkuk chapter 2, a very popular scripture, we'll read from verse 2 to 4. Habakkuk chapter 2, we'll read from verse 2 to 4. And I'd like you to join me 
in the reading of God's word. Let's read from verse 2. This is the word of the Lord. Then the Lord answered, am I reading alone? Let's start again. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablet that he may run who reads it. Verse 3. For the vision is yet for the vision is yet for what? The vision is for when? Continue. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Let's take that line again. Though it tarries, wait for it. Now this English is going to confuse you because it said though it tarries, you should what? Wait for it. Now read the next line. What does it say? Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. First he said, though it tarries, then it says it will not what? Tarry. In case you don't know, though it tarries, it's talking about your own timing. But it will not tarry, it's talking about God's timing. Praise the Lord. Just to bring that to notice. Verse 4. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. But... The just shall live by Now we are so used to scriptures We are already reading The just shall live by faith Don't read the just shall live by faith Look at the scripture The just shall live by what? Whose faith? So you can't live by my own faith Everybody hold your what? Hold your faith So the just shall live by his faith This morning You will live by the faith that the Lord has laid upon you In the name of Jesus And so I bring you the word of the Lord It's leading up to a feast Part 2 Praise the name of the Lord It's leading up to a feast Part 2 Amen And so we pray And Lord in heaven We thank you for your word that is about to come We ask that the express word will come to us to break every chain, to break every yoke that have held your people bound in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the word that will come in power. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. All right, you may be seated. God bless you. Just before we start, let's celebrate the set man of God in the house who brought this word and started... And for making my work very easy, thank you, sir. Amen. It's always an honor to work with him, and I pray that the leading of the Lord shall continue to be upon you, and the grace thereof in the name of Jesus. You are not saying amen to me, you are saying amen to pastor's prayer. Habakkuk chapter 2 from verse 2 to 4, we're going to take up just five things from those scriptures. Then we're going to look at what and how we got to the point where we locked up the Lord Jesus outside the door so that he cannot come in to do what he wants to do. But this morning, by God's mercy, we'll identify them and we will liberate ourselves from them in the name of Jesus. So the word of God have been coming. The past two, the, the two weeks ago, I want to believe, Pastor Steve in his message said, we must come to a point that we have a faith-filled word thought. Remember that message. And so because it is important looking at the fact that a lot of things usually don't happen the way we think it should happen, especially after God had spoken his word. And so in Habakkuk, God had to encourage us once again 
just as we heard last week, that whatsoever we're going through is going to lead up to a what? To a feast. And so Habakkuk came to bring God's word to us. And so when Habakkuk started, he said, this is the word of the Lord which he read. And he says, write the vision and make it what? And make it plain. Number one thing you need to look at that scripture is you need to write down the vision. Turn to somebody and say, write down the vision. Now the vision usually is what God impresses in your heart. So God is saying in this season that it's going to end up in the feast. Just before now, we are believing God for one thing or the other. We are believing God for a marriage to be rebuilt. We are believing God for a teenage child to walk in a way that is upright. We are believing God for our marriages, for our businesses, for our careers, whatsoever it is. So it's in a simple analogy, God telling you, that you are going to get to Ikeja. Maybe you're coming from the island. And it tells you, when you get to Ojota, there's a road construction there. Don't be afraid. You're going to be slow by 20 minutes. And so that is why God always tells us to wait on his word. So because usually we don't keep God's word in our heart, that is why when you get to a place like Ojota, you will forget easily what God has said. So the delay over time start to build discouragement in our heart. The delay over time start to build discernment in our heart. And that's why the scripture started saying, write the vision. In the scriptures in Luke chapter 2 verse 19, when the word of the Lord came to Mary, the Bible says, but Mary kept all these words and pondered on them where? In her heart. What words were she pondering on? The spoken word that God gave to her. So God has given us a word that we are believing him for. But the problem is we get agitated because the timing doesn't seem to match our own timing. And that is why he said, write the vision. Once you speak a word, put it down. Write it down. Don't be, we've made a lot of mistakes. The same thing as myself. Just like Abraham, when the word comes... I am usually very excited and I run to my Sarah, whoever the Sarah may be, and I tell him the Lord has spoken, that I'm going to have a baby. When he spoke to me, did he tell me the time I'm going to have the baby? God doesn't usually, so he requires you to walk with him to follow his timing. And so he says, write the vision, make it plain. The next slide takes us to the verse 2. He says, for the vision is for what? I can't hear you. The vision is for what? So the vision in itself, whatsoever God has spoken, is for what? An appointed time. And that's why Habakkuk said, though it tarries, we should what? Wait for it. Though it tarries, we should what? Wait for it. Now let me ask you a simple question. As far as God is concerned, what date are we at this moment? Anybody? Do you really think we are on the same date with him? Remember, he says a thousand years is like how many hours? It's like a day before him. So in a simple analogy, if someone in maybe America or far East America promises you that he's going to send money to you the following day, if you wake up the following day and the money has not arrived, has a person broken his promise or not? He has not broken his promise. Why do you say so? Why do we say so? 
Because whilst you are busy agitating and getting angry with the person, shutting your door over the person, getting angry over the person, the person is still sleeping for yesterday. He has not woken for today. And so he's still honoring his word. So whilst we get angry with God that he has not done it, he has not come to us, it's because his timing is usually not our timing. So we are angry and we are saying to God, you've not kept your part of the word promise. But God is saying, the vision is for an appointed time. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, watch what he says. He says, he made all things beautiful in whose time? In whose time? So why do we shut the door against him if he has not, he has not broken the promise as far as his time is concerned? So we need to understand that God's timing is still God's word, God's timing. He says, he makes all things beautiful in whose time? In his time. The next thing we need to understand in Habakkuk chapter 2, before we go into why we shut him behind closed doors, is that no matter how long it is, which corresponds to God's word on Sunday, it will surely come to pass. Tell somebody, God's word will surely come to pass. Turn to somebody else, tell him it will end in a feast. So Isaiah 55 verse 11 was clear. He said, God's word like a wrecking ball. He says, so shall my word be. That does what? That goes out from where? From my mouth. It says, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I what I please. Now I ask you again, whose time will he accomplish it? Is our time or his own time? God's time. He said, it shall prosper the things which I have sent it. So God is saying, as far as his timing is concerned, I'm not late. The next thing we'll take away from it says, it will not tarry. This is where God's timing comes to play. The truth is, if God speaks a word, it will never come a second late than he has spoken or agreed it to come. Praise the name of the Lord. And so Job understood this. And that is why Job in Job 14 verse 14 says, I will wait until my change comes. I will what? I will wait. Why? Because he knows our timing is not God's timing. I will wait until my what? My change comes. And then he went ahead in chapter 19 verse 25 and says, For I know that my Redeemer what? Leaves. The reason why we are holding on is because we know that if he's God and is God over there, my Redeemer lived, his word will come and will never tarry. And that will be your portion in the name of Jesus. Number four thing on that, I think number five, then we'll go into why we lock up God at the door. It says, the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by what? His faith. Now this is very important because this is where we're going to take off from. James chapter 1 verse 13. Watch this. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith. Now let me draw an analogy quickly and this is what I've discovered. Do you have any doubt that God will keep to his promise concerning your life? Does anybody have any doubt? That God will keep to his promise. Do we have any doubt? We don't, do we? 
So it means we all have faith in God's word. Am I correct? Now, the testing of the faith is usually not about whether you believe or we believe that God will do what God said. The testing of the faith is usually what gathers and strengthens us in the times of trials. Now, whilst we are waiting, there is a testing of the faith. Whilst we are waiting on God's word, we become impatient. Do I have a witness? So when God says he will do it, we start counting now nine months from the time he says he will do it like Abraham. But the testing of the faith usually is not about the potency in God's word. The testing of the faith sometimes is in we holding on to what God said. The distraction that comes along. And I'm going to show you in Romans chapter 4 and verse 18. Now this is God speaking about Abraham and he says, Who contrary to hope? He believed in hope and became the father of many nations. Now verse 19 is where we're going to. He said, and Abraham being not weak in what? In faith. Read with me. Abraham being not weak in what? He did not consider what? He did not consider his what? His body. Now, why didn't he consider his body? In reality, his body could not give birth to a child. Is that true? So his faith wasn't that God cannot bring a child. His faith was in contention with what he was seeing on a very daily basis. So the things we see is what stretches or contends with our faith. So God is saying you're going to have a job this year. And nobody has called you for interview. The contention is the reality that nobody has called you for what? For interview. That God will not give you the job is not a problem. So God is saying it will end up in a feast, but we cannot see it the way God is seeing it. If they don't come in for an interview, there is tendency that will get what? Discouraged. Is that true? So the problem we had is because we've gotten so discouraged because our timing is not his timing. We are looking reality and looking reality in the face and we cannot comprehend it with God's word. And that is why discernment comes in. That is why bitterness comes in. And that is why discouragement comes in. And we're going to look at these three quickly as the core reasons why we have locked up the Lord Jesus outside the door. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, number one, we're going to look quickly at the issues of bitterness with God. The issues of bitterness with God. Now, I sometimes get so bitter with God. Do I have a witness in the house? So he tells me he's going to do it. And the time he says he will do it or what he says he's going to do doesn't come to pass the way I saw it. And so we get bitter and angry with God. And so that is easy for us to start getting what? To start getting bitter with God and lock up the Lord at the door, outside the door. And so when God is saying he's going to end up in the feast when he's knocking, it is natural we are thinking is knocking to come in and encourage us again. But bitterness is one of the things that can hold us bound from opening that inner door. A husband can have a fight with a wife and he locks him up, you know, lock the man outside. You've seen it happen, right? So a child is angry with the parents, he locks the door, the father or mother cannot come in. So it happens all the time that we lock ourselves out. And so, in the spirit, it's also happening that we are locking up the Lord Jesus from gaining access to what he wants to do in our lives. Just because we have allowed bitterness to set in by the times that have gone past. 
And that's why we need to understand that today we seem to have more bitter Christians than believing Christians. Ask your neighbor, are you a bitter or a believing Christian? Now that is why Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15, the scripture then says, looking carefully, lest any of us fall short of the grace of God. The grace of God is what brings in the feast. He says, lest any of us have the root of bitterness springing up and causing what? And causing trouble. So bitterness in itself is one of the things that can stop us from receiving the new word that the Lord has for us. And so we get bitter day in and day out because God's word has not come at the time that God said it will come. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12 gave us a very easy way to overcome bitterness. So we are bitter with ourselves. We are bitter with God. If only I have done this, maybe God will have answered me. Maybe it's the mistakes of my past that is holding me where I am. So we draw conclusions from where, what God had already freed us from. And so Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 and verse 32 gives us a very clear indication. And it says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God has what? In Christ has what? Forgiven you. So this morning is about the time to say to yourself, I've been too bitter with myself to hear God. I have been too bitter to myself to hear another word from him. I have been too bitter to God to open the door to him. So God is saying you need to first start by forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself. He's the God of the second chance. He has given us the second chance already. We just need to let go of every bitterness. So we are angry with God that the timing is not right. Whose timing? God's timing is still in play. And that is why we must understand that we must love ourselves enough to forgive. Tell yourself, I forgive myself. Just yourself, I forgive myself. So the problem is usually not that people have not forgiven us. Even God himself had forgiven us. But we are still very angry and so we are locking him up so that he cannot come in with a feast. Quickly we go to the second point. The second point talks about discouragement. Discouragement truly will always come. How many of us have felt discouraged? At some point in your life, you felt so discouraged about what is happening. The truth is discouragement or disappointment will always come. But discouragement in itself is a choice. Discouragement itself is a what? Is a choice. So David got to the point where he was discouraged. He was so discouraged because everything was taken away from him. In 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 6. But this was what David did. The Bible says, and David encouraged himself, or David strengthened himself in what? In the Lord. Before then, he was discouraged. So who told him to get up? It was a choice he did what? He made by himself. And so God is asking us, I know you've been disappointed here and there. We know the word of the Lord is not coming at the timing we expect it. But he's saying, don't get discouraged. We need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Amen. And how do we do that? We can learn from Luke chapter 5, the story of Peter. 
Remember when Bible says, and God said, Jesus said to Peter, he said, go and fish. And Peter fished and toiled all night. And then he came back with nothing. The Bible says he went back to the Lord Jesus and Jesus said to him, cast down your net. Now listen to what he said. But Simon Peter answered the Lord and said to him, Master, I'm so disappointed because I have toiled how long? All night. Master, I feel like doing it, but the last time I tried it, I failed. Master, this marriage can't work. I'm so discouraged. I've prayed. I've done everything. The business is crumbling. Nothing is working. Even nothing at all is working. And so we get discouraged at some time. But remember, disappointment comes. All these are disappointments. But discouragement is a choice. So Peter decided and decided to encourage himself in God's word. What did he say? He said, nevertheless, at whose word? At his word. So we need to encourage ourselves daily with God's word. The master is at the door. He's knocking and he's giving us assurance that it will end in a what? In a feast. But if discouragement discouragement setting, we need to understand that we need to encourage ourselves again in what? In God's word. Just turn to somebody and say, be encouraged. Because we need to understand that discouragement itself is one of Satan's very good tool in weakening our faith. When discouragement comes, Satan is walking just at a distance. He wants you to get a little bit more bitter with God. He wants us to get a little bit more anxious. He wants us to give up the dreams that we had. He wants us to give up the vision that God already spoke to us. The vision he told us to write down, he wants us to give it up. So discouragement doesn't come from God. It comes from Satan himself. It's a very simple tool he uses. Gets you discouraged. Gets you to think that God is not in the same timing with you. And is a very good tool. And the aim is what? At weakening our faith. None of us shall be weak in the name of Jesus. I said none of us shall be weak in the name of Jesus. Lastly, before we close. I titled this before now, Unbelief. But having listened to Wednesday, I understood there is something called half-heartedness. Who was here on Wednesday? So I could not understand it until Wednesday that there is something called half-heartedness. So somebody tells you something, you believe half-heartedly. So somebody tells you, we're going up for dinner. The last time he said it, his phone switched off to the rest of the day. Amen. So the next time the person calls you, will you believe him full-heartedly? No, will you believe him full-heartedly? I'm going to come to your birthday party. He didn't show up. He only sent a text that is what he's sorry. So on a very good time afterwards, it's very hard to believe such a thing. So that is why half-heartedness comes because you are tempted to believe him. But because of past experiences, we lock up and we show up as if... You know, you, we, you, we pretend to believe it, but we really don't believe it. The Lord is going to come through you this year. We shout a very big amen, but have back, be, back behind our hearts, we are saying, can it or can it not what come true? This year, the Lord is going to lead you and lead us to a place where we really desire in our heart. We shout amen, but in, in reality, do we really believe when God says his word? 
Last year, two years ago, they said, God is going to be my Jehovah this. Throughout that year, God did not help me. Now, God is saying this year again. So sometimes we, you, we, we tend to say, can God really do it again? They said, God is going to, I'm going to have a, this year, I'm going to have a wonderful career. It's three months already, I'm not having the wonderful career. And somebody comes and says, God is going to open the door for you in your career. And you shout, Amen. But within our hearts, is what? Half-baked Amen. So God is saying, the more you do that, what are we doing? We are just locking him up from bringing in the words, the feast. It's a sign of unbelief. And that is why Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with what? Half of your heart. Trust in the Lord with half of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what? Your own understanding. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him. Most times in the work with God, he usually doesn't give us sign much like that. Somebody made millions of naira between Monday and Thursday. Why? Because he changed all his money to dollars a week earlier. Did you see the sign that dollar would jump from 360 to 400 before then? The sign usually don't come. But this person made millions of naira doing absolutely nothing. Making his money to do what? To work for him. So if God have told somebody that you're going to make five million naira in the space of one week, the question was, how will these things be? Let's not pretend as if we don't ask those questions. So God is saying, you may not see, you don't really have to see the sign. He's saying, if I'll do it, just believe me. Because a sign of unbelief, one of the signs of unbelief is a constant expectation of a sign. They said dollar will become founder. How will this thing be? The last person that said it, when Elisha, I think Elisha prophesied, he said, this time tomorrow, this time tomorrow, a basin of, of um, a barley of flour will sell for a shekel. Somebody looked at the whole scenario. He said, nobody is bringing things to our country. How could these things be? Guess what he said? Even if God will come down by himself, it cannot what? It cannot be. It's just a sign of unbelief. So we ask ourselves the same question. Sometimes when God speaks, God is saying, this is what I'm going to do. I'm coming with a feast. He said, which feast? Is it now that the tomato and onions have gotten high? So, but God is saying, those signs of unbelief are what shot us or what shot him from coming in. If only we'll stop looking for the signs and believe totally in the spoken word of God and open the door, take a step of faith. Just open the door for the master is at the door waiting and he will fit with you in the name of Jesus. Just before we wrap up, 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 17. This is a word for someone. You're possibly believing and asking the same question. How can these things be? If God has spoken the word, how can this thing be? God is saying to us this morning again. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see the wind. Stop looking for a sign. You shall not see the word, the rain. Yet what will happen? The valley shall be filled with what? With water. The cloud may not be heavy. 
But if God says he will do it, he's not the God that is occupied by time. He's not a God that is occupied by space. He's not the God that is occupied by anything. If he says he will do it and the appointed time comes, how you will do it is none of your business. But in all, the valley shall be what? Shall be filled with water. Praise the Lord. And so you and your cattle and the animals shall drink for it. You don't look, need to look for the signs. Whatsoever it is, God is saying, I am coming truly with a feast. Praise the name of the Lord. In closing, God is telling us one more time as we rise to our feet. Behold, I am standing at the door and I am knocking at the door. The door that you have shut because of discouragement. The doors that we have shut because of disappointment. The doors that we have shut because of the bitterness that have gathered roots in our lives. This morning he's saying, I am knocking at that door. He says, if you will hear my voice and you will open the door within. You may argue that you have heard God and you have opened the door. But he says, I'm inside the house. But you are not giving me attention because you are discouraged. If you are such a person, just close your eyes and begin to pray that the Lord will lift away the spirits of discouragement that have held you bound this long. The door of discouragement, you're so discouraged by the things that have happened. I have come so close, but I've lost everything. And so I am discouraged discernment and bitterness that have gathered roots in our heart. You need to tell the Lord, take away the spirit and every root of bitterness in my heart. Every half-heartedness and unbelief that have gripped me on before now. Tell the Lord to help you that you may take the bold step of faith and open the door to him one more time. We have locked but he's saying I'm still knocking at that door. I am the God that will bring in the feast at my own time. And the God that can do it even without the signs. Just begin to pray that the spirit, every spirit and every root of bitterness and discernment and disappointment that have gathered and have gathered roots in our hearts be rooted out this morning. Just begin to pray and ask that the Lord will help you to open that door. Just one step of faith one more time. So take that step and go to the door and give him audience and give him entrance to our hearts that he may feast with you. Just begin to wrap up your prayers and ask the Lord to come afresh to show you how to love again. To love yourself one more time to give him utterance. To love yourself one more time to forgive yourself. Every disappointment before now we ask that the Lord will give us a new and a new and a new miracle in the name of Jesus. And so shall it be in Jesus mighty name we have prayed. Why don't you give God a big big clap in the house this morning. And one of the signs that you have let go is worshiping God even in all instances. And so as we continue on retro praise number two, we want us to understand that God is in the business of waiting patiently. And as the spirits of discernment, the spirits of discouragement and whatever it is that have held us bound before now is lifted up away in the mighty name of Jesus.